welcome to NYC School Secrets. I am Alina Adams, author of the books Getting Into NYC Kindergarten and Getting Into NYC High School, both available on Amazon and BarnesandNoble.com, here with all the latest NYC school news and what it means to you. Today's podcast is brought to you by Fast Track Kids Williamsburg, supporting children with the learning skills for a lifetime. Last week, we talked about the Specialized High School Admissions Test, the SHSAT, and offered test prep tips for what to do if you're taking it next year or next month. That's podcast number 20. You can listen to it by selecting the podcast link from the toolbar on my website, www.nycschoolsecrets.com. This week comes news that the SHSAT will be getting rid of one of its most hated sections, the scrambled paragraphs. They'll be replacing it with more reading comprehension passages, but this is very important. The changes will not take place until 2017, so this year's test will still follow the old format. All our prep tips from last week, they still apply. Meanwhile, the Brooklyn Laboratory Charter School has been awarded a $10 million grant from Steve Jobs' widow to rethink high school. Brooklyn Lab beat out over 700 other schools based on their use of technology to track students and provide vital services to kids with special needs and those who live in homeless shelters or foster homes. As for this year's middle school admissions, Kate Taylor of the New York Times reports that District 3 on the Upper West Side has rejected a proposal that would have required all of its middle schools to set aside 30% of their seats for low-income students. Of course, Upper West Side parents know that District 3 schools are in a complete turmoil this year. There's a possibility of multiple elementary schools being rezoned, and we'll talk about that in a lot more depth a little later in this broadcast. For parents looking at their options outside of public schools and wishing the American education system was a bit more like Europe or Asia, this Thursday, September 29th, the New York International School on the Upper East Side is hosting an international school fair with representatives from NYC schools that teach in French, Italian, Spanish, and Mandarin, as well as offer international baccalaureate degrees or follow an international curriculum. Learn more at www.nyis.org. A lot of private schools have been seeing an uptick in applications ever since news leaked of possible elementary school rezoning on the Upper West Side. There is a possibility that the zones for some of the area's highest performing schools, PS199, PS87, PS9, and PS452, might be shrunk or altered, and that the effects may be felt as high up as into the West 90s. When we come back, we'll speak with a dad who's been following all the political machinations as they happen, and we'll get an inside scoop on what's really going on and, as always, what it means to you. Unlock your child's gifted potential with classes like GNT 101 for 3- to 4-year-olds and GNT 102 for 4- to 5-year-olds, New York City's first complete gifted and talented test prep course. Visit giftedandtalentedwilliamsburg.com today. Welcome back to NYC School Secrets. We're talking about potential elementary school rezoning in District 3 on the Upper West Side and the relocation of PS191 and PS452. I spoke with a local dad who's been heavily involved in the process about what parents can expect for September 2017 and what they can do about it. Hello, welcome to New York City School Secrets. Thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, It's a pleasure. So let's just jump right into us. Tell us what is going on with PS452 and all of the rezoning in District 3. Uh, okay. 
Uh, well, so it seems that uh, the Department of Education uh, decided um, the, to, uh, or leaning toward, uh, moving uh, the location of um, 452 uh, about 16 blocks away to a building formerly occupied or which will be vacated by uh, a different school, PS191, which, which is going to be getting a new building. And you were saying that you don't think parents were consulted and that there was, in fact, a deliberate attempt to not let parents know that this was happening prior to the move being announced? I think eventually the parents would have to know. They couldn't keep a secret until the last day. Uh, but, uh, yes, I think there was a, a probably, it's an inference, but probably there was a deliberate delay in letting the parents know until the plan could be fully Worked out and um, uh, possibly pre-sold to uh, uh, the powers at the to the community education council and maybe some other uh, um, influencer, some other influencers. I I, be I I believe that that's a fair, very fair inference that there was a delay in announcing it. Yes. As a parent, what is your precise objection to PS 452 being moved and to most of the schools in the area being rezoned? Um. I don't have an objection to, to rezoning per se. I think uh, lines could certainly be redrawn in the district. The, uh, um, the schools shouldn't be crowded. Ideally, there shouldn't be uh, uh, massive waiting lists. So no objection to rezoning per se. Uh, as far as the move, um, you know, this was this is a uh, what's known as a neighborhood school. Uh, people who go there. Uh, have some options. Uh, a lot of them have some choices, and they decide to go to the school because it's in the neighborhood, because it's closed. Um, that's an enormous. Uh, uh, that makes an enormous difference for for working uh, for working parents, especially two uh, working parent households, whether they can uh, take their kids to school or not. Um, uh, and um, you know, to uh, to move it 20 blocks, it will not be walking distance anymore for most kids, which is a which is a big difference in terms of physical fitness and and and, and what I just described. Um, and you know, sometimes you do make a choice to go to a school far away when it's a when it's a much better school or uh, you know, particular competency or, or GNT or whatnot. That's not going to be the case here. Um, if anything, it is likely that the school is going to suffer academically uh, from the move. Uh, you know, the zone the zone catchment is going to change. The school that was there in that building uh, prior to that was an extremely poorly performing school. Um, now it's going to be uh, sort of 50-50, uh, 452 and, and that school in terms of zoning. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the uh, – that's the objection in a nutshell. Um, the, uh, the fact that it was rolled out the way it was um, is, is an additional objection in itself. You know, you sort of question um, whose interests, uh, uh, you know, the school administration is, um, is, is pursuing. Um, and, uh, you know, you repose a lot of trust in, in the teachers and the school administrators when you, when you put the kids in their hands. So uh, that, that's that's obviously an additional area of concern. There have been several meetings where parents have had to speak. There's going to be a few more. Where do things stand now as they are? There was just a meeting on the previous Monday night. Where are things now? I believe a third plan has now been floated on top of the initial two plans. Yes, and, uh, you know, that, that's definitely a step in the right direction. So, uh, 
you know, normal the normal process for rezoning, as, as I understand it, and we've all had to sort of educate ourselves a little bit on it. I, I've been following these things for a while. But the normal process is any rezoning has to be approved by the local community education council or CEC, and they hold public meetings. Uh, uh, that's the normal process uh, before uh, before any such plan is voted on. And, you know, obviously parents come, and when something like this is happening, a lot of parents come. Uh, uh, as of now, the, no formal plan has, has been introduced. Uh, initially, when the school was when when it was became determined that that school PS 191 was going to move um, the initial plan was to create a school a new school there which was rational um, because the district is overcrowded uh, they even gave that school an, a number and a name um, then when this plan was was attached in late spring or early summer uh, the plan to create a new school was dropped so the only plan initially introduced at the first Community Education Council meeting was this plan to move the school. Um, under some pressure from the parents and possibly from some elected officials and possibly from the CEC itself, um, the Department of Education has now introduced a, a second scenario, scenario A, which doesn't involve moving the school, but there were some serious flaws on that one uh, because it didn't rezone the other schools sufficiently to reduce overcrowding, increase diversity. So now they're saying that they will introduce a third plan, which will allegedly uh, combine um, combine the two plans. So it will not uh, it will not apparently not involve moving uh, 452, but will uh, more exten extensively rezone um, the other schools in the district to address the possibly the over the overcrowding problem and possibly possibly address the perceived uh, uh, diversity issues at, at some of these schools. Uh, that, that plan hasn't been uh, – there's no map, uh, so you can't really comment on what that plan is going to be. So while they won't move 452, there's still a possibility that they might change the zone, like they might change the zones of PS87 or PS199 in order to accommodate either this new school or a new layout? I think it's almost certain uh, that zones will will change. Um, if they create that new school in the current 191 building, basically there will be an extra school. Mm -hmm. um, so they will have to create a uh, you know they'll have to create a zone a zone for that school. Uh, basically split split up the 191 zone between where 191 is moving and and this new school. They'll have to create a zone, so they'll have to change some zone lines. Um, and that creates an opportunity, obviously, a very needed opportunity to address the overcrowding. There was historically over the past few years, there's been a waiting list at all the, um, let's say, you know, better performing schools in, in the area, PS 87, 199, PS 9, 166. Um, there's been varying waiting lists. So they will change those lines. Uh, uh, the question is, uh, how they'll change the lines um, and um, uh, you know what the uh, what the results will be in terms of the compositions of those of those schools. So they'll also uh, you know they may also change the lines of schools in in the upper portion of the district. And there are um, that creates its own set of problems or challenges because some of these districts are rel some of these zones are relatively disadvantaged and receive. Uh, uh, what's called Title I aid and uh, from the federal government. And you could move a zone enough that it will 
the, the zone will still be relatively disadvantaged, but it will be uh, better off enough that they'll lose hundreds of thousands of dollars in, in that aid. So uh, it's it's very it's it's very 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 sensitive. Thank you so much for being with us today, and thank you so much for sharing your perspective. And so, when do you think that this will finally be decided? There's still a few more meetings scheduled for parents who are very nervous about next fall. When is the DOE promising there will be a concrete answer? I think uh, one one piece of it that I didn't mention is that. In this unique situation, when you also have to move a school, or when there is a proposal to move a school, there's a separate body that has to vote on on a on a relocation, and that's the um, panel for education policy. It's basically the, what used to be called the board of education, mm-hmm. mostly mayors appointees. I believe the the deadline for that vote, in order for the move to take effect before uh, for the next academic year. I believe it has to take place um, by sometime in November. And the zoning vote also has to take place by sometime in November. Um, so uh, by the, the latest that, that sort of a, a, a proposal will have to be put up for a vote will probably be October, which is what, which is what the timeline is. But uh, it's important to note that if a, a single proposal is put up for a vote, uh, before the uh, the, the uh, community education council um, and the and the PEP, uh, by that time there's very little chance it's going to be voted down. Mm-hmm. So the 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 um, the sort of the the selection process, the winnowing process, the process when real decisions get made is happening is happening now. This is when you know uh, this is when parents, if they want to have their voice heard or heeded, this is when they. They want to be active and, um, you know, try to influence the process. Thank you again for all of your information. We will keep following the story and have more news as it develops. So what can we deduce from all this? Number one, this is all far from over. We've still got more meetings and more votes ahead, but it certainly looks like something is going to change and sooner rather than later. All the issues about moving and rezoning does beg the question, though, what makes a successful school? Is it the principal, the teachers, the physical space, the parents, the kids? If it's the principal, wouldn't it make more sense to move high-achieving administrators to low-achieving schools? If it's the teachers, how about spreading them around instead of the kids? If it's the physical plant, then the number on the building shouldn't matter. But if it's the families, then are all of the other points irrelevant? Stay tuned for all the latest on this and other NYC school news as it develops. I'm Alina Adams, author of Getting Into NYC Kindergarten and Getting Into NYC High School, available on Amazon and barnesandnoble.com. Come hear me moderate a panel on NYC Selective School Admissions on Wednesday, October 5th at the new Basis School on the Upper West Side. We'll see you next week.